Welcome back to another episode of the Pandemic Job Hunt. This podcast aims to break down key techniques and to uncover the industry secrets to help you stand out in getting a job during this once-in-a-lifetime pandemic we are living in. And I am your host, Andrew Barry. My next guest today is John Moon. Vancouver-based John Moon went through a number of career changes, from being a lawyer to participating in the event management business. He is now dabbling into tech sales. He started his transition at the beginning of the pandemic, where he enrolled himself into a tech sales bootcamp, which led him to the position he is in now. Tune in to hear his story on how he successfully navigated multiple career paths and now sales. Hi, John. Hi, Andrew. How are you doing? I am good. I want to say thank you for tuning in, tuning into the podcast. I'm really excited to have you on the show. You were a lawyer turned uh, tech sales nerd, or according to your LinkedIn bio, uh, I think you had a very interesting story. However, why don't you start with telling a little bit more about yourself and how did you end up in sales? Yeah, thanks for the intro. I I um had a long journey getting here. Like you said, uh, <laughs> I started my career as a lawyer. I went through a number of different career changes. Um, before getting into sales, uh, immediately before, I was in an event marketing role. Um, and, and to be honest, like the pandemic was not on the horizon yet when mm-hmm. I was started making the transition. But um, I decided, uh, you know, I, I wanted something... The role that I was in was not quite a professional role. I wanted to get into something mm-hmm. a little bit more professional, more permanent again. Um, so I joined a tech sales accelerator, uh, and that's how I ended up being in sales. Yeah. Which uh, tech sales accelerator did you go? Is it Uvaro? That's it is Uvaro. Okay. Which is, I believe, is part of a Kite, which is what you're working for right now. I believe. Exactly. Yeah. There are two sides of the same company. Mm-hmm. Um, one side is providing sales software. The other side of the business is providing tech sales training. Okay. So when did you do that tech sales bootcamp? Was it last year before the pandemic? Uh, yeah. So it, we uh, the course started for me. My, my cohort mm-hmm. started in January. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a little bit before the pandemic hit. Um, what made me join was I clicked on an ad on Reddit, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was part of their marketing campaign, um, targeting, I guess, people like me. Uh, and it, the message resonated with me in terms of uh, my skill set, being able to, um, you know, in a sales B2B sales capacity, you need to mm-hmm. have that connection with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really had enjoyed that in the event marketing space. But mm-hmm. uh, like I mentioned, I just wanted something more career progression, more mm-hmm. professional. Okay. So prior to tech uh, sales or sales in general, you were in event marketing. And before that, you were a lawyer for a little bit. What were some expected or unexpected transferable skills that you could identify? Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, you know, some of the analytical skills, um, uh, being able to think on my, you know, on my feet, that's, that's going to be a skill set uh, that I could have used in a lot of different places. I, I think 
that transferred nicely. Um, some of the ways that I had to be very structured in and, and self motivated in, in terms mm-hmm. of how I work, um, that was important uh, both in uh, my capacity in as an attorney and then now in sales as well. Okay. So right after you graduated from Uvara, it was like a three-month boot camp for you? Yeah, it was a 12-week boot camp. So okay. I, was, uh, I finished in April. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you coming out of April, the pandemic was, is hitting at full speed. Everything is shutting down. What were you feeling at that time? Like in terms of like, okay, what do I do now? Because um, it's a shock for everybody. Yeah, that's a good question. So in fact, you know, mid mid March when everything started hitting, um, I was still doing some of the event work, um, but all my contracts, you know, within about a forty eight yeah. hour period, everything got canceled. Like six mm-hmm. big contracts just evaporated, uh, and so that really made me think. I got to start applying for jobs. So even before the program ended, uh, mm-hmm. I was applying for jobs. Um, but you know, part of Uvaro is not just the training, but mm-hmm. uh, they have uh, uh, career coaching. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that was a big part of it. So they helped me through that. But part of it was uh, just you know thinking back. I'm not sure how I had this mindset to be honest, but it was just just got to keep applying mm-hmm. and. Uh, just got to do it. Like they, I, I just didn't see an, al- I didn't let myself see an alternative. Mm-hmm. So it, you're just shooting across the board at all the job applications uh, that you saw or you came, uh, you came across. Yeah, that's part of it. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I just shot at every application, but I wanted mm-hmm. to make sure every application, you know, counted. So yeah. I wanted to make a quality application. Okay. And what, determines a quality ca- application for you what was what are those steps mm-hmm. compared to like just submit a resume <laughs> yeah no that's it's uh, a great question i and that to be honest i had tried to get into sales roles pr- before uh, mm-hmm. and i think that had been my approach is just mm-hmm. make my best application my mm-hmm. best cover letter and mm-hmm. just send it off ship it and see what happens um mm-hmm. i, I realized that Part of why that didn't work is, uh, mm-hmm. especially now, um, there are so many applicants for so many positions, um, and then the you know the applicant tracking systems that are out there that automate in it in an mm-hmm. automated way weed out people. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes it very difficult for you to stand out. So mm-hmm. uh, part of it, especially applying into a sales position, is to make those human connections. Yeah, yeah. And that really helps you stand out and it makes them, you know, if believe that you can sell their product. Did you, yeah. did you reach out to specific people in whatever X company you applied for? Yeah, I, I, I definitely did. Um, so there's, uh, <laughs> applying was kind of like prospecting in a yeah. sales position in that, you know, I would definitely have my top tier prospects mm-hmm. where I w- really want to get in, love the product, love mm-hmm. the position, whatever I, it is, if I find a great fit, then I made a concerted effort to make a very personalized campaign. Um, anywhere down to a little bit more of a spray and pray kind of approach as well. Uh, but it, you know, you only have so much bandwidth and so much time. So 
Um, I tried to make, I, I had a very quick grading system for okay. the, the jobs. And then, mm-hmm. you know, my, if I was out of five, my fives and fours would get mm-hmm. a lot more time and priority. Mm-hmm. And then the threes and twos and ones, maybe less so. So, you know, within like, I, I, w- I was in the bootcamp world and uh, I still am in a bootcamp world doing uh, independent consulting for one of the bootcamps in Canada. There is certain, uh, I guess, uh, study chains or study uh, skill paths such as like web dev, data science, and UX, where part of their job applications having a really good portfolio to back up like their skills and like showcase like what they've done. What is that for sales? Is there something similar to that? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, so Uvaro has an internship program. So uh, the, it is a paid internship and it, it, it's like a, a sales development rep. So it's the, mm-hmm. it's the position, the frontline salesperson that tries to book appointments for the account executive who would be more of the closer role. So um, mm-hmm. you're able to uh, develop your skill sets, but also develop your metrics to be able to deliver mm-hmm. to, in an interview situation. Okay, so through Avaro, you had this opportunity to um, you intern through their program, and then which now ended up you luckily with uh, Kite. I believe is that how you pronounce the other company? It is, yes. Okay, so comparing yourself to your peers who got through Avaro, did Avaro also provide uh, these internships to other companies across Canada? Yeah, so the internship program's been available for, so I'll back up a little bit. So when I joined, Kite was Mm -hmm. the only internship available. Uh, Now the program has expanded Mm -hmm. and they do have a lot more internship uh, opportunities, not just in Canada, but in the U.S. as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. So uh, some of those have have led to full-time employment. Um, Mm -hmm. Even if they haven't, uh, the interns Mm -hmm. have been able to get a lot, you know, have that kind of portfolio of metrics mm-hmm. and stories mm-hmm. and skill sets to bring uh, to interview and uh, application situations. So now that uh, you've gone through the process a little bit and you, know, you look back in terms of your job hunting uh, time, and I'm sure you are, you stayed in touch with like your classmates who went through the same boot camp. Uh, what did you see in terms of particular strategies or you know tricks that had one candidate stand out? Or what did you learn that you realized maybe this was not working, however this was working during your whole process and comparing yourself to like what your peers were talking about during their job hunt? Mm-hmm. Specifically in the job hunt situation? In the pandemic, uh, in during a job hunt during the pandemic, yeah. yes. Like, how did you, or what tricks for someone who wants to get into sales? You know, they had to do to stand out compared to you know their peers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, I think there's a lot of uh, content literature out there that talks about your application process. You know, for a sales role, mm-hmm. is reflects um, how you're going to be able to sell. And you've got to sell yourself if you're going to be able to convince uh, mm-hmm. your sale hiring managers that you can sell for them. But even so, 
so many people are just doing the hit, hitting the re- mm. uh, submit button, and that's it. Um, making that connection uh, is so super helpful. Um, whether it's and and you know you can you can make a lot of different kinds of efforts. You can try to. Uh, connect with the hiring manager directly, try HR, try different folks in different sales roles. Um, mm-hmm. Even if they don't necessarily have any uh, decision-making uh, influence, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to get information from them. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, it's it's a great opportunity, even if it, you know, even if, when you're in, on the applicant end, it doesn't look like an opportunity, but it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. And for like sales in general, like you said, like you have to reach out to make that specific connection. Were there any, I guess, certain message or templates that you realized when you're trying to connect with someone that worked versus like, you know, someone might reach out to someone on LinkedIn and be like, hey, I am a job seeker looking for this position in X company versus you send a message on LinkedIn being like, hey, I want to hear your story. Uh, which I would love to chat. Did you have any you know, personal thing or specific strategy in terms of actually making that connection, closing that connection, and uh, really you know, making an authentic, uh, making sure like they remember you? Yeah, uh, I, I love that, uh, what you say about being authentic. Um, one thing I would say that worked really well and was to provide, to have a value exchange. So you're asking for something from them, right? Mm-hmm. So you yeah. um, just, just asking, asking can work, but um, what works really well is to offer them something in return. So for instance, I was, uh, you know, I, I applied to a lot of ed tech companies um, mm-hmm. and um, I had found a, a white paper that I thought was pretty interesting in terms of the ed tech space. I shared that with, uh, with an account executive that I talked to and he said, you know, straight up that was useful and uh, it made him want to talk to me. Okay. Um, that I wasn't just asking for time. Um, and, and I get it on the other side, you know, again, on the applicant side, you, you don't kind of, it's hard to feel this, but on the other side, there's a lot of people asking for your time for one yeah. thing or another. So, uh, to be able to offer something in return, uh, it mm-hmm. really sets you apart. Okay. So you talked about trying to find something where you can add value to the conversation. It could be, um, like this white paper you mentioned or like a study or whatnot. During your, you know, job hunting uh, time where you were reaching out to, say, recruiters and the right people and applying, how did you stay on top of your sales, uh, you know, knowledge and repertoire? And like, how did you find all these different resources? Can you give me some examples of a resource bank that you used during your job hunt? Uh, Maybe something general and something specifically to sales? Yeah, um, LinkedIn is obviously a very good space right yeah. now for sales content. Tons of great stuff out there. Um, I'm also just, uh, you know, in my space in particular, the Sales Enablement mm-hmm. Society is a great space. Sales Hacker is a really good one. Sales Hacker community has lots of great folks contributing a lot of great knowledge in there. So um, mm-hmm. those are some good spaces. Uh, if you're digging into 
specific industry or vertical or uh, whatever whatever type of company you want to apply into, there's going to be mm-hmm. resources in that space. Um, and it's not that people you talk to can't find that information. It's mm-hmm. just that you know you only have so much time and attention. Yeah. So just being able to do a little bit of that legwork for them is is useful, even if yeah. even if to you it doesn't seem like a big deal. Okay. So you use these, uh, I guess, communities online to really gain some resources. Did you put any effort um, or work in terms of expanding your digital presence? Because I know some people who I talked with, you know, especially it's more important now so than pre-pandemic since everything is digital, everything's online. Like I had one interviewer, uh, interviewee who said he put a lot of effort working on his blog or his uh, LinkedIn blogs in order to share them and use that as, you know, uh, I guess a part of this value add thing you mentioned where he used his blogs to connect with other people. Be like, hey, I wrote something about X, Y, and Z. Check it out. What do you think? Did you do anything similar to that or what was your strategy? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, I did. Um, and even before the pandemic, but especially during the pandemic, this is so important because we don't have ne- physical networking opportunities anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that had been kind of part of the strategy before, you know, January, February when I was thinking about it. But uh, mm-hmm. once March hit, it was all LinkedIn for me. So yeah. really revamping the LinkedIn. I had been, you know, I had had, 75 connections before and hadn't touched LinkedIn in two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But I really kind of dusted that off, made it a little more approachable, mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. And, um, y- you know, at first you do have that hesitance that, uh, what am I going to post about? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not an expert in anything. Uh, if you have mm-hmm. that feeling, that's okay. Even just asking questions and um, trying to uh, just, give your story, your career story, mm-hmm. your career journey, that's that's valuable too. That's something that people have interest in. Um, mm-hmm. And part of, at, at least it was true at the time, was, um, I, I don't know how it's changed now, but um, LinkedIn does try to uh, make people with fewer connections, fewer posts, more visible. Uh, so you do, do have an yeah. unfair advantage. The LinkedIn algorithm is very powerful in terms of sharing content, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, it worked for you <laughs> uh, in terms yeah. of getting you on board today. Uh, did you, okay, comparing yourself like pre-pandemic, I know some people in general, you know, when I, I used to go to say job fairs, I used to go to data science uh, networking groups and meetups. I used to go to tech meetups in Toronto. However, I remember when I was, you know, fresh, you know, I, I just graduated or I was looking for a job, you know, sometimes I was so scared to uh, interact with someone or to, to make the connection. And now personally that we are in the digital landscape, sometimes I feel a bit more brave posting and connecting and actually try to build a presence uh, through the internet. Uh, but I know some people still are a little bit hesitant, like you said, in terms of like, posting that did you ever have say maybe some imposter syndrome and did you ever have any strategies to you know overcome and build that confidence so you can actually shoot 
that message or connect with that person? Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's funny because a lot of these questions that you have uh, are exactly um, the kinds of things that Varo helped me with. So part of okay. so LinkedIn strategy strategizing was like day one part of the program. So uh, a lot of uh, folks in my class had had almost no LinkedIn presence. So uh, okay. it's, it's one of the things we started on right away because, um, mm-hmm. you know, VAR was a time sensitive, you know, limited time engagement. So to build up that presence, we needed to start right mm-hmm. away. So um, that helped having that support at work really helped. Um, and then being able to bounce things off of people and ask uh, internal, mm-hmm. internally uh, through the Uvaro mm-hmm. class, that helped. Um, mm-hmm. And then just trying it helped and just realizing that if a post really misses the mark, that's mm-hmm. fine. It'll just kind of disappear and that's okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you use the Twitter at all or just LinkedIn? I didn't use Twitter. Um, I definitely mm-hmm. did focus on LinkedIn. Okay. Because I feel at least within my domain and personally, I use Twitter quite a lot to gain knowledge and actually try to connect with uh, certain Twitter folk. Um, I find tech Twitter to be quite interesting and quite active. And it's in, in, in essence, a little bit more casual compared to like the LinkedIn posts, in my opinion. So maybe you should uh, check it out, uh, tech Twitter a little bit, find like some uh, key influencer or think influencers as they call it. Uh, <laughs> and you can really engage uh through Twitter, in my opinion, it's, a, it's not a good resource in terms of uh, gaining knowledge for whatever domain you want to gain in itself. Okay, I know that's a great uh, tip. I I had, I'll admit, I, I've shied away from Twitter from just because mm-hmm. of political Twitter. Um, but yeah, yeah, political Twitter is quite big. Uh, at the end of the day, is like who you follow. It's right. uh, who you follow, what kind of hashtags you follow, then it'll create a certain feed for you. That's the have you watched the social dilemma on Netflix? I haven't yet, but it's uh it's on my list. Yeah. You should watch it. Uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty much all these social networks really do a good job in terms of like tailoring your feed to what you want to consume. So uh use that to your advantage, I guess, is what I would recommend. Um so you know, you were someone who were in a different domain compared to sales. Uh, you have a few years of experience under your belt. What would you give to advice to someone who is a little bit like similar in your position, have a f- few years of experience, or you know, they're quite experienced in their careers, but wanting to make that transition? And what advice would you have for them? Then maybe after that, you can probably. I'll ask, like, what advice would you give for someone who is a recent grad who found themselves in this pandemic and don't know what to do? What advice would you give to these uh, folks? Okay, sure. Um, I I would say for the folks with that experience first, uh, you have a lot of experience that it has transferable skill sets. And it's important to think about that. I guess coming from a you know being in a sales capacity and then having gone through the sales mm-hmm. bootcamp, we uh, thought a lot about, or we were encouraged to think uh, 
about uh, about that and being able to sell our skill set to employers. Um, so, for instance, mm-hmm. I had a lot of customer facing experience. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, as an attorney, um, I I was in a role that faced uh, claimants and different attorneys. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it was a very um, lots of like quick interactions with people, uh, mm-hmm. and obviously in an event marketing space. That's a lot of facing mm-hmm. general public as well. So, um, you know, we find Uvaro, we find sales um, a, really benefits from customer facing folks. Uh, so uh, mm-hmm. I think there's been some very good candidates at Uvaro from, for instance, like hospitality, um, mm-hmm. which is an industry that's obviously been suffering uh, from the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So would definitely encourage folks to think about that. Um, and, you know, you, the other thing is sales requires a lot of grit. Hospitality folks, mm-hmm. that's, they've got grit in space. Yeah. Like nobody has grit like a server, right? That's true. Yeah. They, because they interact with people all day, every day, all kinds of folks from like angry customers to, you know, really nice folks and all kinds of backgrounds too. So I guess for sure, someone who is customer facing like a server could transfer into a sales role quite easily and it's it's true because i had a one guest earlier her name kathy as i mentioned who uh, released last thursday she was uh a server and she worked in you know at a gym where you know she wasn't doing the work that she is in right now she's an hr analyst and but she told me her story about uh she in order to stay on top of her hr game when she got that HR role, she took part-time gigs as like a bartender, for example, in order to keep her, you know, wits up or to make sure she understands different types of people. And she believed that when she was, you know, during these service-oriented jobs, it really tremendously helped her career in HR. And I found it very inspiring at her hustle and her willingness to seek other experiences to benefit her own i guess career path in hr it's very cool yeah yeah and yeah you're right service oriented uh, folks do do a good job did you ever notice um in sales or during your boot camp and did you ever notice especially during the post like the beginning of the pandemic through all this uncertainty, through all that's going on, how did you keep yourself, you know, motivated to, you know, keep job hunting, keeping yourself productive? Because I know for a lot of folks, and I've read through a lot of LinkedIn messages, you know, they were like, they went through either anxiety or they felt depressed. Uh, they were like upset. It's hard for a lot of folks, especially, you know, in the face of uncertainty. Did you find yourself... Uh, implementing strategies to like boost your, you know, happiness or, you know, grit. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, I, to, I, I think uh, I was lucky to have uh, started the bootcamp and been mm-hmm. in a position to be applying for jobs in April. Um, it, it seems mm-hmm. crazy to say that because uh the job situation was you know really terrible at that time very few jobs being posted and such but um i I just mean that it was it the bootcamp gave me structure to Mm. um 
to, to really take the learning seriously. I knew it was a limited time engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew there would be a fee involved. So I, I needed mm-hmm. to make sure that my time and money were uh, being put to good use. So yeah. uh, the other thing was that our class time, and I feel like this is almost like a my unfair advantage being in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, our class time was 9 to 11 a.m. Uh, Eastern time. Okay. Okay. So that meant I was uh, getting up at you're up early. Yeah, <laughs> I was up at five thirty to start class uh-huh. at six. Uh, I was done by eight, and then mm-hmm. I had the rest of my day uh, so I could uh, uh, just keep working the event work. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was a remote boot camp. Uh, it was not like in class in person. Exactly, it's a remote boot camp online, but it is it is a live session. Uh, so five days a week. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming like after the lecture period, you were doing a lot of self work. Yeah, there was the lecture component, but there's homework and then the internship mm-hmm. on top of that. And then the job search. So there is a lot mm-hmm. to do those extra hours being forced to wake up early. Just gave me a lot more hours in the day and um, just mm-hmm. in sales, just doing the thing is what makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Is, now that you're in sales, do you find that all these, I guess you don't, you can't say much about this, but maybe you've heard is sales during this pandemic, during this work from home period, uh, has it been a bit different versus sales prior to that? I mean, yeah, right. I can't say exactly, um, yeah. but I, I think um, in B2B, you know, software sales, SaaS sales, I, th- I think it's been less impacted because remote uh, meetings were more Mm -hmm. commonplace anyway. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I did apply, you know, I had talked to a company that had been doing, um, they were soft, they're software folks, but they did all their sales in person. And um, Mm -hmm. definitely they, their business was severely impacted because uh, they did a lot of like lunch and learns in person at their mm-hmm. customers, at their prospects' offices. Mm-hmm. Those it could not happen anymore. So mm-hmm. they had to completely shift their strategy. Is there anything you learned now in terms of, you know, in your, you're doing sales, you're constantly probably on Zoom calls or calls. Any tips you would give to that you've learned, uh, you know, as a salesperson that you could give to a, a like a job hunter in closing, you know, like you mentioned the fact that looking for a job is like sales, you're selling yourself and like closing that or like whatever, what you should say on the phone call and or maybe when you're on video, any tips and tricks that could help you that in general, in general, that the best way to interact with someone is in person. However, you know, you're losing that one dimension when you're on the call or on video. How can you make yourself be more memorable through the calling systems? Hmm. Um, Interesting. You you know what? Rather than giving a specific tip, I think I would have a similar tip to somebody who I would, you know, give to somebody starting in sales. Just just Mm -hmm. do the thing and and try Mm -hmm. different things because... um, you know, I can give you a few tips and tricks and whatnot, you know, you can look them up. There's mm-hmm. tons out there, but, uh, what's going to work for you in your situation, you're going to discover that by trying it out. Mm-hmm. And, um, by, if you hem and haw and 
overthink things, you're just not going to be able to iterate. Uh, so that would be my top tip. Just just go and try it. Okay. So do you think, uh, now I guess we're going a little bit off topic here. Is there certain opportunities within sales tech that you know probably someone who is a recent grad does not know about? Like what is... Yeah, because like in every even during a pandemic, there's are opportunities, new businesses are being made. For example, the tech industry is somehow booming during this time. Is there certain fields in sales tech that is exciting that you would probably want to highlight to my listeners or you know someone who's younger that oh you should look into this space? There's probably opportunity for you there versus like a traditional sales role at like an you know more traditional uh, firm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There is, uh, I would say, uh, any kind of medical technology, education technology, mm-hmm. and then financial services technologies um, specifically are very much thriving right now. Um, mm-hmm do a quick look at what companies are getting, you know, series A, series B funding. And it's going to be a lot of those mm. types of companies. Um, and that's where jobs yeah. are being created right now. I think uh, VC funding is, uh, you know, going through the roof yeah, this year. Absolutely. Um, you know, people are funding companies left and right. I think there was a stat that said that, you know, during the 2008 recession, uh 2000 2009 a lot of these great companies that we know today were created such as uber for example um because during times of uncertainty it's always a good time to start a business so you said medtech uh medical technology financial technology uh those who've raised series a and b as someone who is job hunting what are some like red flags versus green flags uh when looking for a company in terms of like okay this is a legit company i feel like i could thrive here versus a company that's you know not so good yeah that's a good question i think um i i think there's maybe not less now but in past few years there's uh, startups have been very sexy and um you know in mm-hmm. looking at a startup you really want to look at um you know, the stage of their, you know, their maturity as a company and their product um, mm-hmm. and whether they're in a position to hire somebody and pay them. Um, mm-hmm. it, there's been a rise in, in the past, maybe six, 12 months. There's, and especially right, right, mm-hmm. right now, past three months, there's been a big rise in commission only mm-hmm. positions. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of those are very legitimate and you can make a lot of money make a lot of, um, you know, connect customers with a lot of good product that way. But also there are a lot of predatory sales positions, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. are, and, and it's not a complete disqualifier by any means, but commission only to me um, puts up my heckles a bit. Okay. Okay. And wow, I did not know that in sales, there's some 100% commission only. Uh, roles that seems pretty tough usually it's, it's there's a more it's usually it's a balance i know it's like there's a base salary then plus commission yep um, yeah it's it's uh it okay. wasn't as big a trend but it is a much more of a trend now really that is a uh, it's very interesting you think that's because the pandemic has allowed these companies 
to obviously pick and choose their talent. They're, you know, maybe lowballing uh, the people who are applying because, you know, the amount of jobs are not as much widely available as it was pre-pandemic. There's some, yeah, there's some of that. There's some of, you know, the companies mm-hmm. themselves are not sure if their product is going to be a good mm-hmm. fit in today's market. So mm-hmm. it's a way of um, shifting the risk. Um, so they might have mm-hmm. a very, very legitimate product and maybe wildly successful. And maybe through this mm-hmm. commission only position, you're going to make, you know, seven figures, who knows, but uh, uh, yeah. But the risk is being borne more on the employee side. That's mm-hmm. the danger. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, uh, John. I really appreciate your time here. Um, however, towards the end of the podcast, I always give 30 seconds to a minute time for you to talk about anything you want. Uh, so the floor is yours. Thanks, Andrew. I, I really appreciate the chat here. Um, you know, to be honest, I, I I love chatting with folks who are uh, in this situation because I've, I've been there. It wasn't mm-hmm. that long ago that I was, um, working these gig jobs and, um, tr- trying to, mm-hmm. um, struggling to get into a professional position. So, mm-hmm. um, always happy to chat. Uh, so just float mm-hmm. me a message on LinkedIn. Uh, if, uh, mm-hmm. if you'd like to chat about my career journey, um, and, uh, happy mm-hmm. to chat that way. All right. Thank you, John. This is the end of the show. Thank you for tuning into the Pandemic Job Hunt podcast. As always, I would love to get feedback, so don't hesitate to get in touch through my Twitter at Andrew H.N. Berry or LinkedIn. 